there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast uh, today. Okay, now what I'd like to do is to um, bring to your attention uh, something about the queen that we can learn from. And uh, she had this phrase and um, was known for it, and it's probably one that many times we have not even heard this, but uh, we should. She often said this, don't complain and don't explain. So that's an interesting point. You know, we are complainers by nature. We try to live a certain way, and if it doesn't go a certain way, we make complaints about other people and circumstances and situations that prevented us from doing what we wanted to do or achieving the goals we wanted to achieve or having the lifestyle that we wanted to have. We complain about things that are in our way or that create problems for us in many different ways and different levels. We are complainers by nature, I guess. And the queen said this, don't complain. And I think that's the li- the model she lived by. Then she went on to say, but don't explain. Don't explain. You know, if you live a life that's honorable, you don't have to explain. If you live a life that's truthful, you don't have to get into explanations. Only you have to explain when you do something crooked, when you do something devious, when you do something out of the ordinary, when you do something that's not kosher. Then you have to explain. So, learn from the queen Don't complain and don't explain. Live clear and live honestly and live forthrightly and live positively in the world in which you live and the people with whom you relate. Now, in the area of addiction that I'd like to just address uh, again, this is a major problem that's been with us and we keep coming back to it and sometimes we get tired of it. But you know, there are people, there are families that still live the world of addiction and struggle with the world of addiction as there are many, many families struggling with helping their young people get out of addiction and prevent them from getting into the addictive lifestyle. So addiction is a really an important factor today and it can come into your family without you knowing it or very abruptly and very quickly. Now the pandemic has been blamed for the increase in drug use and addiction and perhaps that's part of it. It's not the pandemic. It's the fact that people have isolated during the pandemic. People have been forced to isolate during the pandemic. And when you isolate and you tend to involve yourself in self-stimulation, taking drugs is one of those, you then begin the pathway of addiction. Since the pandemic started in the early 2020s, 40,000 Americans indicate by self-report that they've increased or started substance abuse. That's alcohol, marijuana, fentanyl, methamphetamines, etc., etc., and on now we go. Drug use has skyrocketed during the two years that we've been in this pandemic. Now, when you have an increase in drug use, you're going to have an increase in deaths. People die as a result of drug use and excessive drug use and drug use under certain adverse circumstances like ill health or like a major social crisis like the pandemic has presented you know for us 2021 before 2021 we had over death we had overdose deaths about 91,000 but in 2021 that's just last year 2021 we had 100,000 deaths as a result of overdose 100,000 people died from the overdose of some pill or some substance that was associated with addiction. And the record is even increasing now in the year 2022. So we are uh, on the death walk, so to speak, relative to the use of addictive drugs and 
medications and pills of various kinds obtained legally as well as illegally. So what do you do about this? People are always afraid of going into addiction treatment. That's a fear that's always been there. I don't know why that is, but it's just hard for people to admit that they're addicted and that they need help to overcome that addiction. That's a very tough issue to face in life when you're in the addictive lifestyle. So what they do, rather than to go into treatment, they avoid treatment and go on using medications of various kinds and drugs of various kinds and become even deeper into their addictive lifestyle, often generally resulting in premature death. So this is a problem for the American family. Having a kid, having a teenager that starts into the world of drug use, you are in deep trouble as a family. You are in tough spot as a family. My heart goes out to you as a family. I grieve for families that have addiction within that family. Often it comes from grandparents having addicted, parents having addicted, living an addictive lifestyle, and then the kids do. It's often a kind of a familial, kind of a family phenomenon. It kind of starts and then it becomes part of family life. You know, there are several things that I just like to say to families, okay, about this area of addiction. And if this is relevant to you, take heed. Don't complain and don't explain. Don't justify. Accept it and do something about it. That's what's really important. First of all, if you're a drug user as a family, a parent, as a grandparent, stop it today. Stop it today and make it known to your kids that this is no more. If you're playing with drugs, if you're playing with alcohol, you're playing with medication, you're playing with the edges of addiction, your kid will eventually revolve into that lifestyle very quickly. So cut it out. Stop it. The best thing you can do for your kids is to not use alcohol, is to not use drugs, is to not use any substance that is likely to be addictive. Be addiction-free. Be a family that's drug-free. Be a home that's drug-free. Have friends that are drug-free. Encourage a drug-free lifestyle. That's number one. Very important as parents. Take the lead on that. Don't play the game that you can get by with it or it won't really result into a problem or we're going to be able to handle it. Don't play that game. Don't take the chance. You're going to lose a child. That's number one. Here's number two. Set forth clear expectations for yourself and for your family and for your kids. Expectations of no drug usage. Have that as a clear expectation. Some families say, okay, no drug use until you're 18. Some families say, no drug use until you're 21. Other families say, no drug use. That's not part of our family ethos, our family picture, our family profile. But whatever it is, set the expectation very clearly and honor it and follow it for everybody in the family. Enforce the expectation that you create and communicate that expectation. Don't just have it as a hope or as a desire or as a uh, wish. Talk about it. Talk about it with your kids and have an expectation communicated and understood. Some families even write up a pledge and have everybody sign it. Clear expectations are very important. That's number two. Number three is this. Deal with the small problems in your family life and with your kids. Deal with the small problems. You're going to get into big problems later on if you don't deal with the small families. Uh, small problems. But small problems are like coming in late, not honoring the curfew. Hanging out with kids that are inappropriate and that you've said no to and they still do it. Problem of lying. Problem of cheating. Problem of sneaking. A problem, a problem of dishonorable living in, in, in some form. Hanging out with kids that are dishonorable. That's small problems. But deal with them when they're small. Stop them when they're small. Prevent kids from getting socially involved with 
kids that are inappropriate. Monitor your kids' social behavior. Monitor your kids' comings and goings. Monitor your kids' lifestyle, whether they're in the home or the school or whether in the community or wherever they are. You have an eye for what they're doing. Follow your kids. Make sure that you're tracking them. They don't like it, but you better do it because we are in a culture of drug use where your kids are surrounded with drug use. And you better be on top of it. You better know what you're dealing with. Here's the fourth one. Teach your children, teach your kids individual responsibility. You know, it starts with taking out the garbage. It takes away, it starts with doing homework. It starts with making your bed, doing your laundry, seeing that you're on time to various events, seeing that you're coming home for dinner and you're home when you're supposed to be home and you go with the family when you're supposed to go with it. Require individual responsibility. Inform the kids what they're to do and where they're to be and enforce that. Because when a child learns individual responsibility, he'll learn to be responsible for his own social behavior with his peers and will be less likely to be influenced by his peers. That's why we do this. What is your responsibility is your responsibility and teach that. Don't take responsibility from your peers, but from yourself. And you got to teach that in your family life. And here's number five. With your kids, be kind, but be firm. When you set a rule, be firm. When you set an expectation, be firm. When you set some kind of desire or some kind of a plan or some kind of an expectation or some kind of a request, follow up on it. Be firm and definite about it and follow up. And follow it up with praise and approval when it's being honored. But be kind through the whole process. It's easy to get mad at your kids. It's easy to get mad at what they do. It's easy to get mad at what they don't do and they should be doing. But be kind. Be gentle. But speak firmly. And don't waver. When you set rules, stick with them. When you set expectations, stick with them. When you set desires for your kids, stick with it. And here's last. Be confident in yourself. It takes confidence to work with the kids in a family to steer kids down the right road and on the right path. It takes confidence. You have to believe in yourself, number one, as a parent, and you have to believe in your policies and your rules and your regulations of the home. you got to believe that those are good and that they will ultimately turn out good. Today, I spoke with a family that has um, four boys, have now grown into young adulthood. All four of them are living honorable lives, exemplary lives. So I just said to the parent, what's your secret? What's your secret? You know, and it is, there's no one formula. The secret they had worked, but it may not work for you. You have to come up with it. You have to honor your own policies of life in your home, the expectations of the children in your home, the way you follow through, the way that you desire kids to live their lives. Be confident. Kids need parents that are confident. They need to see your confidence, and that will win the day. They'll appreciate that and honor you and perhaps they'll even follow you in the pathway of life. Hey, thanks for joining me today and um, glad you're with me. But this is a tough one. Addiction is a tough one. The prevention of addiction is tough. And getting out of an addiction is even tougher. Parents will say this, they'll ask this question of me. We don't have any money. How are we going to pay for this? How are we going to get our kids in treatment? How can we provide treatment for our kids, whether it's a group home or in a facility of some kind or a therapy or whatever? Where do they get the money for this? Here's the answer. Parent, figure out what your child will get as an inheritance. Figure out how much inheritance you're going to give that kid. And that's how much money you spend getting your kid out of addiction, preventing him from being in addiction. Use the child's inheritance money. Take it out of his inheritance and write up a contract to that degree and put it into your will, put it into your trust. But whatever your inheritance is that you intend for a child, 
That's money that can be used for treatment. That's money that can be used for prevention of drug addiction. Just one answer. Just one way of looking at it. Thanks for joining me and bye for now. Mm -hmm.